And welcome along to Sorry Reading Aloud 2019 Winners Show. And uh, hello to Margot Walsh, who's been masterminding the competition. How are you, Margot? I'm very well, Graham. It's lovely to be back here again today, and thank you for all your help with the competition this year, too. It's uh, been a pleasure. It's been quite a competition, and uh, lovely to see how many votes we got this year. It's been a fantastic year, Graham. Yes, we had 38 nominations this year. Um, which we were delighted about. And we also had a huge range of people uh, being nominated. The youngest was five and the oldest was 82. And the nominations came from children, parents, grandparents, volunteers, teachers, actors, a voice coach, poets and writers. So a fantastic range. Really, quite a range, wasn't it? Yeah, and we whittled those down to a final eight, didn't we? And then they were put onto uh, the uh, Surrey County Council Library website and our website and then people voted. That's right, yes. So we had eight finalists who recorded extracts and um, we had nearly 1,200 people uh, voting um, for their favourite recording on those extracts. Great stuff. Right, well, shall we just go through then the, the, the final eight? Absolutely, we'd love to do that, Graeme. So the, the first of our eight extracts was Catherine McCusker, nominated by Sarah Walker, reading A Girl Called Justice by Ellie Griffiths, which was reproduced by permission of Hatchett's Children's Group. Um, Sarah said of Catherine, it's a fully immersive experience for her listeners, drawing them into the narrative with dramatic technique, expressive facial communication and a wide range of engaging vocal tones. Her listeners may experience any number of emotions in one sitting, from fear to excitement, bewilderment to laughter, as she unravels her chosen wondrous tale. Oh, what lovely words. Let's hear it. 9th October, 1936. As soon as she saw the school, Justice Jones knew that it had the potential for murder. She kept this to herself, of course. The taxi driver could easily be a spy. To be fair, the taxi driver hadn't said much beyond a sort of groan when he heaved Justice's trunk into the boot, but Justice wasn't about to accept silence as a proof of innocence. Right, so that was Catherine's uh, entry, and uh, who have we got next? Well, next, Graham, we've got um, three finals who chose Dogger by Shirley Hughes, which is reproduced by permission of Penguin Random House. We had Kate Shute, who was nominated by Catherine Bedison, who said, whether she is narrating in a concert or reading a story to the junior boarders in bedtime, her true love of words, reading and stories shines through. We also had Nick Crombie, who was nominated by Deborah Moore, who said, he reads with interest, enjoying the story and characters on the way. I have seen whole classes of 14 and 15-year-olds avidly listening and waiting for the next instalment. And finally, we've got Laura Gold, nominated by Maureen Gold, They all love it when she recites poems, some of her own, and when she reads stories aloud. She has always loved reading aloud and writing too, and has a clear but calm tone to her voice. Right, well, let's hear all three of them now reading Dogger. That's Kate Shute, followed by Nick Crombie, and then Laura Gould. Once there was a soft brown toy called Dogger. One of his ears pointed upwards, and the other flopped over. His fur was worn in places because he was quite old. He belonged to Dave. Dave was very fond of Dogger. He took him everywhere. Sometimes he gave him rides in a trolley. Sometimes he pulled him along on a lead made of string like a real dog. When it was cold, he wrapped him up in a bit of blanket. Now and again, Dave's mum said that Dogger was getting much too dirty. 
She showed Dave how to wash him in a bowl of soapy water. Then they hung him up by his tail on the washing line to dry. Dave's baby brother Joe liked hard toys. He liked putting them in his mouth and biting on them because he was getting teeth. Dave's big sister Bella took seven teddies to bed with her every night. She had to sleep right up against the wall to stop herself from falling out. But Dave liked only Dogger. Well, some marvellous reading there as well from Kate, Nick, and uh, Laura, and uh, that was a popular one, Dogger, wasn't it? And so was Dave Pigeon. It's popular of all of the extracts that we had this year. Finally, our last four finalists chose Dave Pigeon by Swap Nahado, uh, which is reproduced by permission of Faber and Faber. Uh, first, we had Alison Self, who was nominated by Jeanette Ralph. And Jeanette said, I've seen Alison read to a group of bikers, creating a stillness in the atmosphere where every ear was on her every word. When reading aloud, Alison interacts with her audience, tailoring her story to the needs of the listeners. Alison truly comes alive when reading aloud. We also have Jason Halsey, nominated by Charlene Halsey. Bedtime stories are very popular in our house, and Daddy always seems to make them come alive. Sue Leach was nominated by Hilary Newman, who said her voice is clear, easily audible, full of expression, melodic, and if necessary, dramatic. She regularly reads in church, commanding the attention of the whole congregation at services for children as well as adults. And last of all, we have Gemma Wilcox, who was nominated by Leanne Smith. Leanne said the children find her engaging and exciting. They enjoy story time each week. She instills a love of reading in children beyond the classroom. Right. Well, let's hear all of them now. That's Alison Self, followed by Jason Halsey, Sue Leach, and finally Gemma Wilcox. Dave and me were on a routine croissant heist. It was something we'd done at least a hundred times before. In fact. The first time I met Dave was on a croissant heist. Back then, Dave told me he had just won a medal of the brave, which he wore all the time. Though I heard a rumor later it was just a bottle top that got stuck to him with a piece of chewing gum when he got caught in a bin bag once. Dave was swooping in from the opposite side of the pond when we both spotted a half-eaten croissant abandoned under a bench. We dived down, crashing towards the same gap between two planks of benchwood, and landed at the exact same time. There we were, dangling upside down, stuck in the bench when a huge goose grabbed our croissant and waddled off with it. A goose? For bird's sake! We never did get that croissant back, did we? Dave! What? Do you want me to tell this story? Sorry, Skipper. On you go. What I was about to say was, we never got our croissant back. We caught up to the goose just fine, but let me tell you something about geese. They are far bigger close up than when you see them in the distance, and they are very pecky. We were grateful to leave that fight with all our feathers. Dave and I have been friends ever since. Have you got to the bit where I almost lost my life? Can you stop interrupting me? I was just about to start that bit, but you keep ruining the story by giving things away. Where was I? Ah,、oh, yes, the day we met Mean Cat, our one hundredth croissant heist. It was a bright, sunny morning, and me and Dave were starving. Peck your own feathers off, starving. All we'd had for breakfast were the wet breadcrumbs a little human had already chewed and spat out, and a teeny tiny piece of an ice bun we'd managed to steal from a duck. That's when I spotted a human lady. 
Well, we've had some really good readings this year, haven't we? Really, with a lot of emotion in them as well. Good yeah, storytelling. They, they were great to listen to, Graham. I really enjoyed it. And it was very important how the nominator actually put forward the proposal as well and how good they did Absolutely. It. At the beginning, obviously, we don't have people's readings when we have the 38 nominations. Um, so it's all on the, the quality of the nomination that comes in from the nominator at the beginning. Right. And we can now reveal... Margot, who the winner is? Yeah, I'm absolutely delighted to announce that Gemma Wilcox is the 2019 winner of the Surrey Libraries and Brooklyn's Radio Reading Aloud competition, nominated by Leanne Smith. Right, well, congratulations, Gemma and Leanne. Perhaps we'll just start by uh, by saying hello to uh, Leanne. Hello. And uh, why did you nominate Gemma? Um, I work in an office next to Gemma's classroom over the last few years and every week when we get to story time I'm always excited to see what the story is next. Um, When Gemma reads to the class the children are really engaged, they love how she um, makes the story really emotive, brings out all of her her emotions in what she's reading and plays characters and really gets the children to really enjoy the book. Right, and uh, you enjoyed making the nomination, obviously. I then, did, did you yes. think long and hard and what words to put down? I did. Yes, <laughs> so I that did. showed, I think, didn't it, Margot? Yeah. Absolutely, it made made quite a difference for the the people that were put forward into the shortlist for the the finals. Right, and congratulations to Gemma. Thank you. And uh, how long have you been reading aloud then? Oh gosh. Um, well, I've been a teacher for six years now, so definitely as long as that. Um, certainly longer. I've loved reading ever since I was a child, um, and I think I probably get the inspiration from my granddad, who used to read aloud to me quite a lot. So um, an right. ode to him, I suppose. Right. Which school are you at? Uh, I'm currently teaching at St Paul's in Thames Ditton. Right. And what age are the children? I'm teaching year two at the moment. I've taught oh, right. year one, year five and year six as well. And yeah. all of them have been subject to listening to me read some story or another. Are they all excited by your win? I like to think they are, yes. When I told my class, they were like, we are the champions. So um, <laughs> they, they certainly are owed some credit as they helped me to choose Dave Pigeon out of all of the extracts. Oh, right. That was it. So you asked them which story they would I did, prefer. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's a good one, isn't it? It's a fantastic one. In fact, it was the winner of the Surrey Children's Book Award just a few years ago. So it's great to hear it being used so frequently in our in our Surrey schools, especially. Right. Anyway, about time we did the prize giving, and we're very pleased to have back with us uh, Councillor Julie Isles, who's Surrey County Council Cabinet Member for All Age Learning. Hello, Julie. Hello, Graham. Nice to be here again this year. Good to have you back again. I think uh, we need to do the awards now, then, don't we? The the prizes. And what are the prizes, Margot? Uh, so the, the prizes we have, um, £20 book voucher for both Leanne and for Gemma, which Julie is now going to award. So first of all, I will give Leanne her voucher and say thank you very much. Congratulations on behalf of Surrey County Council and Brooklyn's Radio. It was a great nomination. Thank you for doing that. Thank you very much. Thank you. And to Gemma the winner of the competition again on behalf of Surrey County Council and for Brooklyn's Radio we thank you for participating and really well done really good reading thank you for having me Uh, right uh, Julie when you were here last year we were talking about um, a review going on into Surrey Library Services I believe now the strategy has been revealed it has indeed so we um, started with the strategic principles that came out of the first round of consultation Uh, In November, I took the strategy and the model through Cabinet for a decision about the future of libraries. 
We have 52 libraries across Surrey County Council, and I think they are very valued by the communities that they serve, but we do need to do a bit of modernisation. People aren't just going into libraries to collect their books anymore. Um, The footfall has reduced, but we found in libraries such as Merstham and Hawley where there are shared spaces where people can go in and attend different activities, get a cup of coffee, socialise, that's the real benefit of the libraries to the communities. So we're not talking about stopping any provision across the county, but we want to bring it into... um, a bit more modernisation, a bit better use of our estate, more access for people outside of hours, uh, and more activities and um, events that would tackle our communities in need. So maybe children who need safe spaces to go and do their work, um, adults who are socially isolated. So we, we need to have that in mind as well. Right, and they're, they're quite a vital link of people who haven't got their own computer, for example, or broadband, aren't they? I know people come and use the libraries for that. Exactly right. And if we can give our bigger libraries um, swipe card access in the same way that some people can use the gym outside of hours, then they can go in and collect books on the way to work or on the way home or they can study. But it's a very valued, trusted space. Uh, we've got quite a few li- smaller libraries run by volunteers these days. How has that gone? And Do you see that expanding? We're absolutely going to keep the community-partnered libraries pretty much um, the same way as they are, but we need to value the volunteers more and we need to support them better in the work that they do. And some of our even smaller libraries will become community-led libraries. Um, Perhaps, for example, they'll be relocated into a village hall where people are going to do the yoga class or maybe into one of our adult learning centres but so that right. they are in the right place to attract more mm. visitors. And I guess there's still cost pressures on the budget for this, is there? Um, we've budgeted for this, um, so we're not doing it simply to uh, cut costs. We've actually got a capital investment programme going into this as well so that we do brighten them up and change the shelf space and, uh, and make them more attractive Uh, But yes, they need to be financially sustainable, and that means they've got to serve the community better than some of them Right. What about about staffing levels as well? Staffing levels um, will remain pretty much as they are, um, because we do need to support the volunteers. It is a process that we need to look at around the estate, and it will only happen in co-design with the local communities, so that we know they will go in and use them if we've putting forward a proposal for um, certain areas. So you've got 52 libraries to do this to and go around the county. I suppose it's not all going to happen at once. It's a sort of not phase programme. Not all going to happen at once. It is a phase programme. So we've agreed the strategy and the model, which is pretty much as I've outlined. Um, over the next 12 to 18 months, we'll be working with the districts, different districts and boroughs to make sure that we're shaping the provision properly in the right areas and not leaving any empty buildings behind. We want to make sure that they are working for um, what we like to call in the jargon one public estate, but it means fewer buildings serving a better purpose in their locality. Right, OK. Well, I think it's good, obviously, if we've had declining numbers of people coming into libraries, you're actually trying to do something about it and preserve the 52. Absolutely. Or it, there might not be, I can't promise it will be bricks and mortar in the same place, but it's about the service of making sure that that provision of service is still there in those communities. Right, well, thank you very much, Julie, and uh, we look forward to maybe talking to you again next year to see how it's all going. Thank you, Graham. Well, Marco, I think it's been a great competition again this year, hasn't it? It's been wonderful, Graham. I've thoroughly enjoyed every moment of it. It's... Um, 
been lovely to hear the nominations and read all the extracts and to know that there are so many people out there who really believe in the importance and the benefits of reading aloud. And I'm super, super delighted to have Gemma with us today, who I think now is going to read us Twas a Night Before Christmas as our special Christmas story to wrap up our competition in 2019. Right, we look forward to that and thank you everybody for coming in today. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, "'not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. "'The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, "'in hopes that St Nicholas soon would be there. "'The children were nestled all snug in their beds, "'while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. "'And Mummer in her kerchief, and I in my cap, "'had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap.' When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the lustre of midday to objects below. When, what to my wondering eyes should appear, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St Nick. More rapid than eagles his course as they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donna and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the courses they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof, the prancing and pouring of each little hoof. As I drew in my head, and was turning around, down the chimney St Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a paddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowlful of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all! And to all, a good night. Thank you, Gemma. That was uh, Gemma Wilcox, the winner this year of Surrey Reading Aloud competition, nominated by Leanne Smith. Thank you for coming in today, and to Councillor Julie Isles, Cabinet Member, All Age Learning, and especially to you, Margot, for all your organisation. You're welcome, Brian. Thanks so much. We look forward to another competition next year. I will. And Merry Christmas to you this year. Mm-hmm.